0: From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink On Air. Some of the potent medications that are used to fight cancer are effective, but cause severe side effects for some patients. A scientist at Upstate is investigating how to make chemotherapy more tolerable, and he's here with me in the HealthLink On Air studio to tell about his work. William Kerr is a professor of microbiology and immunology, biochemistry and molecular biology, as well as pediatrics. Welcome back to Health Think on Air, Dr. Kerr. Hi Amber. Thanks to be. Nice to be here. Now, much of your career has been spent studying the SHIP 1 enzyme. Can you tell us what this enzyme is?
1: Yeah, without getting into too much nitty-gritty, it's basically uh, uh, an enzyme or a protein that sits inside the cell, and when the cell receives a signal from outside, like it binds to it's an immune cell, for instance, maybe binding a bacterium or a virus. There's receptors on the outside that tell the cell, this is out there, we need to be aware of this. And the SHIP gene, SHIP1 gene, helps interpret the signals to either turn the cell off if it's the immune cells over-responding, or actually maybe help it survive and do a better job. So it helps integrate the signals coming from outside the cell into the interior of the cell to the nucleus where the DNA is and helping the cell, so it sort of helps the cell make decisions about I should do something or I should leave it alone, And, and but we found, uh, initially, we and others found this gene was very important in immune cells, but then my lab spread out into studying its role in blood stem cells, hematopoietic stem cells in the bone marrow, and that's really the focus of this most recent grant was uh, findings we made, a, a, a PhD student in my lab Robbie Brooks, who's actually been out of the lab now for four or five years. Um, Robbie made a, a, some, did some really impressive work showing molecules my lab discovered that he actually discovered uh, that could turn the ship one gene off, helped hematopoietic stem cells, blood stem cells, grow, increase their numbers inside the bone marrow. And it was almost stunning. We saw uh, about a five- to six-fold increase, I mean, a five- to 600% increase in the number of blood-forming stem cells in the bone, in the adult bone marrow of a mouse when we treated them with this chemical compound that could turn the SHIP1 gene off. And that led to... And that was the basic science, if you will, the fundamental advances that led to this current grant. Because we... we we also, as part of that publication, Robbie and another student, Sonia Eyer, who she's now gone on and left the lab. She's at MIT doing a postdoc. Robbie and Sonia teamed up to show, okay, along with this increase in blood-forming stem cells, we could get the, the their ability to repopulate or, or replace the damaged blood cells after radiation. To, we, could, we could have that process happen faster with this molecule that turned off the SHIP1 gene. In other words, we could turn off ship one and sort of take the brakes, if you will, off the hematopoietic stem cell so they could recover faster when the blood-forming system in the bone marrow, the stem cells that make the blood in the bone marrow, were damaged by radiation. So if it works for radiation, we reasoned, hypothesized, if you will, that it would work for chemotherapy because chemotherapy and radiation are both essentially damaging the blood-forming stem cell capacity, and that's why chemotherapy patients have dangerous drops in blood cell numbers like neutrophils, platelets, red blood cells. And wanna, so and so do radiation patients, patients getting total body radiation.
0: I want to ask you about chemotherapy, but I heard you call the SHIP-1 a gene. Yes. Is it an enzyme or a gene? Yeah, so it's a
1: gene that encodes an enzyme. So you know the flow of genetic information. There's DNA sitting in the nucleus on chromosomes. That encodes what's called a messenger RNA. That goes out in the cytoplasm of the cell, and that... RNA then gets converted into protein. So the protein is, does the work of the gene. The gene is just like software or coding or information. The, the protein is actually what does the work. Okay. And, and this gene, ship one is in all of our cells? The DNA is in all of our cells, but it's not expressed or turned on at the RNA level. Uh, you have to transcribe that DNA into RNA to make the protein. And it's interesting that SHIP1, its expression is restricted to the blood and immune system cells. But also, interestingly, we found uh, mesenchymal stem cells, another kind of stem cell that makes cartilage, bone, and fat also express this gene. And interestingly, when we turn off the SHIP1 gene, we not only increase blood-forming stem cells numbers, but also mesenchymal stem cells, the cells that can make uh, bone, fat, and, and cartilage. Uh, I I am a co-author on a paper that just came out this last month. Uh, another group went and found it's also expressed in epithelial cells. Skin. Uh, no, yes. Uh, lung lining epithelial cells in this case. I don't know about the skin epithelial cells. That's possible. We haven't looked directly at those, but the, the group at Brown, um, and, uh, uh, We just published a paper together. I'm a a co-author. I'm not the lead author on this paper. Uh, Showed that fibrosis, uh, turning off the uh, mutations in the SHIP1 gene when there was damage done to the lung, I believe they used uh, some kind of damaging agent for the lung, could cause fibrosis. So SHIP1 has a role also in lung uh, epithelial cells. A skin, I don't know, but it's a possibility.
0: Well, let's talk about how chemotherapy works. And sometimes it's paired with like a a stem cell transplant. Mm -hmm. So if it's designed to, you know, kill the bad cancer cells, while it's doing that, it's it's also causing some side effects that are problematic, right? Yes. So talk to me about what sorts of side effects you're concerned with.
1: Probably the two major ones are effects on the gastrointestinal tract, because there you also have an adult stem cell population. Uh, epithelial cells in the gut lining intestinal epithelial cells have a stem cell source and, and it's actually the most prolific most active stem cell source in the body we're constantly replacing our epithelial lining cuz it's always being insulted by bacteria or viruses you know we're always getting exposed to things or possibly you know you eat something wrong it damages you and you always have to replace those with fresh epithelial cells the same is true also the blood blood forming so those Anemias, problems of blood or gastrointestinal problems are usually the two major toxicities. But of course, you can also have impacts on the lungs, the liver, other, other organ systems too. But I would say the blood and the gastrointestinal tract are probably, because of their, they're both re- reliant on a highly active, highly proliferating, rapidly growing stem cell population that they are, just like cancer cells, which are also rapidly growing, are affected by chemotherapy. There's just nothing you can do about that.
0: So a person who's fighting cancer that's got GI problems, either with not being able to eat or having yes. diarrhea, constipation, whatever, mm. is messing up their tract, or anemia, that yeah. would leave them fatigued? because
1: Right, they would not have enough red blood cells, they can't get oxygen to their tissues, they could not have enough... Uh, they have a, what's called platelets. Platelets are the cells that plug up our vasculature. We get a leak in our veins and arteries. The platelets sort of seal that off so we don't hemorrhage. Uh, the biggest problem, actually, is probably a loss of a type of white blood cell, innate immune cell called a neutrophil or granule site. These guys actively surveil the body, and particularly for bacteria, but also sometimes funguses, and will fight off bad buggies without having to get our uh, more advanced, sophisticated immune cells like B cells and T cells that make antibodies involved. This is important because uh, bacteria are always invading our body or challenging our body, and we need something that responds to them rapidly because the B cells and T cells take almost 10 to 14 days to really get into action. And if, If we didn't have something to sort of fend off the bad guys in the beginning, we'd never live long enough to get the B and T cells involved.
0: This is Upstate's HealthLink on air. I'm your host Amber Smith, and I'm talking with scientist William Kerr about chemotherapy and how to uh, reduce the side effects that might come with that. Mm. So, what is your idea for reducing these side effects? If a person could have chemotherapy mm. and not have the GI tract discomfort so, and the anemia, right. and what would that do for? I mean, it so seems we're, like we're, they are be we're gonna to help out better. with
1: the blood cell problems. The compounds uh, that we've described at this point in time, I don't think would would help the in, in, in intestinal epithelial cells with the gut problems. But one of the major toxicities is susceptibility to op- opportunistic infections, uh, bacterial infections, uh, fungal infections. Uh, strike cancer patients who are getting intensive. Multiple doses of really heavy chemotherapy to reduce their 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 tumor burden. Uh, they are going to have immune problems and also blood cell problems. So what we're targeting is is that problem, uh, and that is a significant problem, because in fact uh, there's a multi-billion-dollar drug, or I mean it's now it's come off patent called Neupogen. It's called granulocyte colony colony stimulating factor. It's a little protein that stimulates the hematopoietic stem cells to make more of these immune-fighting neutrophils or that kill bacteria. But the problem with that um, billion-dollar drug uh, is it only helps with replacing the neutrophils. It doesn't do anything for the platelet recovery and the red blood cells. What we found was our small molecule turning off the SHIB1 gene allowed mice getting uh, radiation. Again, that's the first model we tested in to recover their platelets, the cells that prevent hemorrhages, neutrophils, the immune cell-fighting cells, but also uh, protect their red blood cell compartment better. So all the major problems uh, for blood cell loss or damage from chemotherapy, red blood cell loss, neutrophil loss, or platelets, could be covered with one, in this case, one compound or potentially, if it ever becomes a, a drug. And and therefore you wouldn't have to give somebody nupagen you give them one small molecule that would help the the hematopoietic or blood stem cell make all three important cells that there are problems with in in chemotherapy.
0: So it would help their body do what yes. it's designed to do anyway. Yeah. But yeah, and that might even help patients,
1: uh, all of them. And you know, if you you're fighting off an infection, it's going to cause other. Uh, subsequent problems even for the GI tract because a lot of that's where a lot of infections come in through consumed food Uh, our our gastrointestinal tract there's little sort of small war going on all the time especially in the lower part of the small intestine there's a lot of immune tissue there in the small intestine where the immune system is constantly surveilling what's come into our body what did we just eat you just had that plate of raw oysters uh, before you had dinner and now there's something in there and we have to deal with that and but, you know, that's—so we so improving the immune control there could, in effect, take some of the stress off the other aspects of the gastrointestinal. The, maybe there would be less damage, so the intestinal epithelial cell, stem cells wouldn't have to do as much replenishment. So there could be uh, knock-on benefits of improving immune function.
0: Not even for people with cancer, but with other diseases that are not cancer.
1: Possibly. is possibly. Yeah. There are some immune deficiencies— that might potentially be helped. Uh, it depends on is is really context dependent.
0: Well, um, talk to me if you will about the time frame for this. If this if if what you're doing in your lab proves beneficial and it works, mm. it's you know beyond your wildest expectations. How long before patients would have something that they could take? Well, let me just step
1: back for a moment and point out that. Um, I, I found that a company called alternate Therapeutics. So I should have declared this in the beginning, you know, the conflict of interest. So I'm chief scientific officer of this company. So this grant that we received to test this idea in chemotherapy in mice.
0: And this can, is a National Institutes of Health grant? Yes,
1: it's, uh, I think it's called an STTR, and that's an Ackerman uh, Small Business Technology Research Grant, something like that. Um, And it's to help – the the NIH gives small startup companies, like my company is, uh, small seed or pilot grants to get going with an idea. And so we have a phase one STTR grant, which is to do the initial proof of principle in chemotherapy. We've shown this works in a radiation, total body radiation, but they don't really use total body radiation much anymore to treat cancer. They used to do that decades ago, but now they – they use uh, chemotherapy still. And so we're going to test this. And if it works in the mice, then we would write a phase two grant, uh, which would be for multiple years and actually quite a bit more money than this phase one grant. And, and then maybe take it to a larger animal model, all on the in the process or the path towards filing an application for drug approval with the FDA. And that, so we're really looking at uh, you know, I'm really not the best person on these time estimates because I, I always think things are going to go faster than they are. And this is typical for scientists. But then the reality with clinical and business people, three to five years. You know, everybody always says five years. So I'm going to say three years and I'm probably going to be wrong by a year or two. And it also also depends on success. Sure. If it worked in the radiation model, rec- helping irradiated radiated mouse recover their blood cell components, the small molecule turns off the ship one I suspect it will work for chemotherapy because they basically damage the same cell in the body. And so helping that hematopoietic stem cell would probably work for both. But they're, you know, it's not always like you draw it up on the board, right? So.
0: Well, we'll have to have you back for some updates <laughs> yeah. as this goes along. Yeah. Thank you so much to scientist Dr. William Kerr. He's professor of microbiology and immunology, biochemistry and molecular biology, as well as pediatrics here at Upstate. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.